0: Hello, and welcome to the CIO in the Know podcast, where I take a provocative but pragmatic look at the intersection between business and technology. I'm your host, Tim Crawford, a CIO and strategic advisor at AVOA. This week, I'm joined by Ashwin Bilal, who is the chief information officer for Medallia. Ashwin has served as CIO for companies of different sizes and is Medallia's first CIO. One of Ashwin's passions is customer experience. In our conversation, Ashwin outlines how great employee experiences lead to great customer experiences. He outlines how everyone talks about customer experience, but few actually know how to operationalize it. As part of our discussion, we cover the role of data, privacy, and a moral compass. Ashwin, thanks for taking your time to uh, join the program. How have you been?
1: Thank you, Tim, for having me. I've been fantastic. There's never a dull moment. As you know, I'm a huge Charles Dickens fan. It's a tale of two cities. It's either the best of times <laughs> or the worst of times. And in both those situations, there are great expectations.
0: No, that's great. And so, you know, I think about that in the context of the fact you've been CIO at both an established organization at KLA 10 Core, and now at Medallia. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to be. company's first CIO, that being Medallia's first CIO.
1: Yeah, it's an incredible experience and quite an honor. Just to take you back, I was at KLA for 16 years. and In 16 years, I had six different roles, starting my career in marketing, doing engineering, product development, general manager, going and running our India operations as the head of India, and then, as a returning expat coming and doing the CIO gig, and I've told people many a time, when I got back to be asked to be CIO, what wrong did I do <laughs> to be nominated for CIO? But I could always tell you that it's one of the best jobs I've had and called me a glutton for punishment. I then chose to become Medallia's first CIO. Now, this was a transition as KLA being an industrial company to a SaaS, new age unicorn company in Medallia. It was quite a change. And it really required an open mind. I was running large organizations uh, at KLA. I got used to running really small. I was one of 13 people in my IT organization when I first got into Medallia. So it just Mm -hmm. tells you the dramatic change. And I wanted to just be sure that I had the chops. And so it's an incredible experience and quite an honor to make that change.
0: You know, I think that's admirable to bring that humility into the conversation, you know, having responsibility for running a much larger organization at KLA 10 core, and then stepping into what sensibly is a much smaller organization, and then being concerned that you had the right chops to be able to do that. I think that's very admirable. Thank you. So we often talk about the CIO role changing, you know, the role itself. What is your view on your tenure at KLA and then Nadalia, but what is your role of the CIO and IT and how has that evolved over time? How do you see it evolving too, especially as you think about the C-suite and the board and those that you serve?
1: That's a great question, Tim. I mean, this has been an ongoing discussion within the peer community for a long time. When I first took the role at KLA as the CIO in 2009, I heard this phrase, CIO stands for careers over, and you must have heard this thing too. (laughs) Yes. That is so true for conventional support mindset folks. That career has long gone. And now, as you know, we live in this very rapidly changing Even though I hate to use this word, digital transforming world, things are changing so rapidly that the role of the CIO has immensely changed, that we are not only today. Providing kind of support and services, we are enabling transformation, we are looking at new products, we are driving revenue, and especially the technology that enables us the cloud world, the big data, the machine learning, and the deep learning capabilities, including AI, is now kind of providing the CIO a role. For somebody who is forward leaning, who wants to get out of their comfort zone, to be not just subservient as we previously were as a support organization, to say that the CIO and the IT organization
0: can be revenue generating. That's fascinating. You know, in a past episode, I had Steve Comstock, the CIO at CBS Interactive, on, and he was talking about how our role has evolved from and IT as a whole has evolved from being a power cord distributor to someone that really thinks about how your company operates and also how you're engaging with customers. And Medallia is a company that is focused on understanding the customer, and I know this is a personal passion of yours, and you and I have had a number of conversations about this and participated on panels together and discussions at different CIO events. How does the CIO fit into the customer and engaging with the customer? And what is your position on that?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a great point, to, uh, Tim. So Medallia, for many who don't know it, is a leader in a category called customer experience, just like Salesforce is to CRM. We want Medallia to be for customer experience. So we are a customer experience and a customer first. And our kind of mission at Medallia is really... To change the mindset, we've always talked about, and every CEO loves to talk about customer experience, but not many people know how to operationalize it. Customers provide feedback in so many different ways today, whether it's social sites, on the internet, in-store, and many channels where customers provide feedback. We are able to aggregate that feedback and provide enterprises of the pulse of the customer in near real-time. Now, having said that and having worked for a company that drives customer experience, I'm of the firm belief that customer experience... Great customer experience comes through great employee experience, and great employee experience comes through great systems experience. And so, you would ask what systems experience is. What do CIOs and IT organizations provide employees is systems. I can tell you about a small company like ours. We have over 100 systems that our employees engage with. And mm-hmm. as a CIO, do I have the pulse of the systems experience that I provide my employees because I'm of the belief that great systems experience leads to great employee experience and
0: that would lead to great customer experiences. Can you give some examples of maybe how you're digging into that space? Yes. So basically, if you just
1: look at it, I would just give you a day in the life of a salesperson if you can take that as an example. So the salesperson not only has to deal with email, mobile device, video, but also has to deal with Salesforce, with CPQ, and other transactional kind of systems. Now, if a salesperson doesn't have a great experience with the systems he or she is interacting with, that will lead to a poor poor employee experience that the salesperson has, and that would translate into poor kind of customer experiences. So what we have done within the IT organization is we've taken our CX product and modernized it to the fact that we can now capture the feedback and the sentiment of every employee as they interact with their systems and get a score from them on how they feel about their systems experience.
0: So you're focused on the employee as getting their experience and understanding what's working for them and what's not working for them similar to how a company might do that for their customer
1: yes absolutely i mean because i think in the end that's what really kind of drives it right and an employee feeling great about the experiences that they have and especially frontline kind of employees, whether the sales folks or the support folks, they reflect the rest of the company, and so if they don't have those great experiences, an employee experience just doesn't mean great benefits or a great comp. It's like, "Oh, I have Wi-Fi that doesn't work," or "When I click my video, it doesn't come on." Or what kludgy kind of things as a data entry person I have to do with Salesforce? How can I integrate that with Alexa or audio or voice? to text, and those kinds of things. So that how can I take friction out of the system is what IT organizations and CIOs need to focus on because those are the experiences that your employees take from the services that we do provide.
0: Yeah, that's a great point and probably something that we often don't think about, which is that the employees, especially your sales organization, they are the face of your company. And so just like you or I might have a bad day that's going to convey into the interactions that they have with their customers, with your company's customers. And so how do you start to make that, as you said, frictionless approach for them so that they have a good day and a good experience and they can convey that through to the customer? I love that. Yes. When you think about digital and data, you know, there's a lot that's discussed about data. And of course, you kind of touched on the digital aspects of this to some degree. Where do you feel that that fits in and helps guide you through this process of customer experience or, and when I say customer experience, I'm broadly saying both Medallia's customer as well as the employee as a customer? Today, I mean, there's like copious amounts of data that's kind of scattered all over the
1: place. And honestly, customers provide feedback in every avenue, right? I mean, whether you go to a game, you post things on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and all of that basically is data or exhaust data, if you want to call it. And The clever companies are those that can take this exhaust data and actually mine that data for relevance And especially all the footprint today is digital, you can track the customer's journey on different kinds of platforms today. And that's what Medallia does. It scrubs all of these things, aggregates it to figure out whether this customer is going to be a promoter of yours or is going to be a detractor of yours. And if it's a promoter, what kind of touch points can you upsell or cross-sell that customer? And if it's a detractor, how do you avoid churn? Those are the kinds of things that we all exist for in businesses, right? In businesses, we are there to win. And data is the new natural resource. People say it's oil. It's natural resource. It has to be refined. Data on its own doesn't matter. I mean, that's why data doesn't stand on its own. And then that's why you need to have machine learning algorithms that can bring in insights from that and then be able to both kind of predict and also prescript. And those are the areas that I think where we are going with data. It's While it's necessary to be only able to predict. If you can't take action by a prescription, that negates it because every one of us has the kind of theory of being instantly gratified. And so how do we take that kind of moment when a customer has had the great experience to be able to upsell or cross-sell your services or products?
0: So I think that, you know, you bring up a couple of interesting points and I want to kind of poke at a couple of them. I agree with you. The conversation around data is the new oil. It's interesting and it's not interesting. It's interesting that, yes, it is important and it is critical, but like you said, it needs to be refined. And I've said something very similar. I've said, you know, oil itself, you can't do anything with. It's not until it's refined into gasoline and kerosene and plastics that you can actually do something with it and then it becomes valuable. And data is no different. But how do you balance between having insights from all of these disparate sources and things like privacy? I mean, privacy is really a top concern amongst customers today, and I'm sure you as a customer to other companies and myself as well, You know, we think about these things. How do you kind of balance between ensuring that you're having great insights from different data sources and understanding more about your customer, but at the same time, respecting people from a privacy standpoint?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, you bring up a great point. I mean, I've always said that, I mean, CIOs in general are dealing with the confluence of a few things. We want to be able to provide great kind of user experiences. We also want to provide great security, and we also want to provide privacy, right? And sometimes these are not coupled together, And so it's the intersection of all of that that matters. And so to your point on privacy, I think the European Union in general has been leading the thing with GDPR, for example, as a first step, that privacy is very important. You've seen all of the stories from the Facebook about privacy. And yes, people are very sensitive about privacy. And so it's important for me as a CIO And working with the different stakeholders, I mean, this is just not the responsibility of an IT organization. It is also the responsibility of how IT partners with the legal organization that drives privacy and and makes sure that, in all of this kind of excitement of having data and insights, that we don't lose privacy. So there are controls that we put in, and we are very sensitive as a company as far as privacy is concerned because we have a lot of the customers' data, and so do many other companies. So privacy is a lens we kind of use very closely in dealing with, with our data sets.
0: How do you know that you've gone, and this is maybe just more of an out there question, not specific to Medallia, but how do you know when you've gone too far? You know, You could say that, well, you've gone too far when the customers revolt, but there has to be some means that gives you guidance in that, I mean, for you personally, what's your take on how companies, and I'll make this broader, how companies should go when it comes to privacy and when is too far?
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean, it's a game uh, we call about winning and losing as uh, sometimes, I mean, but you got to be driven by your own moral compass and the compass of the company. Every company has to have that North Star that says, look, uh, there is a red line that we won't cross, in, whether it's in competition or it's in privacy or in gaining an advantage. And that's driven more through the values of the company that one has or the integrity. And, and I've always said, what is that leaning north and what is the moral compass of the company? And that's a reflection of the company and the leadership honestly. I mean, we all know what that red line is and we all know when that red line shouldn't be crossed.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Unfortunately, I see other companies that they do cross that red line and maybe they're forgetting about their moral compass as part of it. So I'm glad to hear your perspective on that. Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about technology and bring that into the conversation. You've kind of touched on some examples of where machine learning or AI fit in. But when you think about emerging technologies such as cloud, machine learning, and AI, where do they fit in on the whole for you? Where do you find that they provide the greatest value? As you think about your strategies, you think about how Medallia is going forward, how you're engaging with customers, where do these technologies kind of fit in for you? And what's your take on them?
1: I mean, actually, this is true not only for Medallia, but for every company. I think every company has become a technology company. There is no company that cannot say that they aren't a technology company, uh, especially in this digital world, right? I mean, so uh, what has enabled people to become a technology company? Cloud, for sure. Mobile, social, and big data analytics, and the Internet of Things. I mean, these are all these evolving technologies that have kind of changed the landscape of how companies today operate, right? And I think it is not one technology, Tim, that can stand. I think this is an intersection of all of these things coming together. Data on its own, just like you pointed out, is of no value. If you can't glean and refine the insights, Through sophisticated algorithms or simple algorithms that can bring in great insights on the customer that can be monetized. I mean, all of these things are irrelevant if you cannot monetize it, right? I mean, you can be sitting on a lot of data, you can have a lot of cloud and compute and storage, but what do you do with it if you don't have the right people who have the vision to be able to draw the insights that is able to be monetized? In the end, if you can't generate revenue and grow your business, but you're sitting on a lot of assets, that's of no use because assets stay like inventory that you cannot move. So my view with technology is that you can have all the technology in the world that will not assist you if you cannot monetize those assets in a way that provides great value to the customer and you're solving problems for customers that will help you in monetizing these assets.
0: So in some ways, does that become the North Star? And if I were to even be provocative in this to say that similar to how data is of no use, cloud, machine learning, AI, all of this emerging technology is equally of no use unless you find what your North Star is and understand how you're going to refine data to be able to achieve those objectives and leverage technology to achieve those objectives. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think
1: it's fair to say. I mean, yeah, all of these technologies on their own don't mean anything. I mean, the core of any business is comes back to the core of the company. What is your core competence? What are your core advantages that you can actually use to monetize your business? And then you can bring in all of these technologies to aid and assist that core competence that's giving you that competitive advantage. Is where these technologies come to play. I mean, just these are not just fads to say, hey, I'm an AI company, and so what? I mean, <laughs> what does growth look like, right? I mean, uh, at that we've seen in 1999 and 2000, right? How many companies survived from the dot-com days? You right. know that, Tim. And yeah. this is so different, right? Today, I see every company calling themselves an AI company.
0: Yeah, we saw the same thing with cloud. Even if they had a little feature that wasn't part of the yes. core product that was in the cloud, then they're a cloud company all of a sudden, or now an AI company.
1: The only difference I see, Tim, honestly, is that we didn't have the dot cloud kind of companies, (laughs) right? Where we saw the dot com and the dot AI. right? (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess if you kind of bring this full circle, because I know you have a lot of exposure to your C-suite as well as the executive team at KLA prior, but are they having conversations about these emerging technologies or are they talking about customers and growth and other things?
1: No, I mean, if you just look at it, I mean, you know, all of these technologies are now coming into our homes too, right? I mean, so it's not that... If you just look at the consumer world and the enterprise world, they have been kind of merging over time. Right. That I just look at it in terms of our consumers itself, and everyone has an internet of things going on in their home, for example. They're managing complex networks, aren't they having all of these kind of technology? They are storing stuff on the cloud. They have a lot of data. They are looking at ways to basically do better with their data. So I think you know, this whole kind of things that, oh, the CIO is the only technologist in a company is no longer true because everyone is a technologist today and everyone is moving at the same pace. The whole world is moving at the same pace. So, what is that leadership that the CIO brings and the discipline and kind of at scale, how do we do things? You can do it at your home, but how do you do it at scale? Keeping security in mind, keeping privacy in mind, those are different things where the CIO and the IT organization needs to play a role and a leadership role in one.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So as we kind of wrap on this episode, what excites you most about the role of the CIO today and where it's headed? And also where does technology kind of fit into it from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is no better time than today to be a CIO. Uh, Tim, it's again, I go back to my Charles Diggins. It's the best of times, honestly, for a CIO. There are so many things evolving that have never occurred in the past. We had cloud as one thing piece. Today we have cloud in conjunction with big data, in conjunction with IoT, in conjunction with machine learning and AI, in conjunction with blockchain. I'm telling you, there are so many things that are confluencing all at the same time. And the whole point. Really, is that the job of the CIO has become more of a leadership job than just the transaction or operational job that the CIO was previously. One about leadership, one about looking at ways to monetize assets. And that's why I'm so kind of excited about the fact that I get to work on developing products. I help with the go-to-market strategy, working with the sales team, working with the marketing team, positioning it, calling on other CIOs, trying to help solve problems for them. And so, I can't tell you that there is a better time than this. And the times can only get better as the year's I think CIOs and aspiring CIOs, I think there isn't a better time to be a CIO than today.
0: That's great. And that's a great way to to kind of wrap on this episode. Ashwin, thanks so much. We're going to have to leave it right there. I hope to have you back uh, for another episode where we could kind of pick it up and talk about a couple more things. Thanks for joining the program today. Thank you, Tim. Had a blast. For more information on the CIO In The Know podcast series, visit us online at cioitk.com, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe, and thank you for listening.